All right, welcome everyone to another episode of my weird little podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Tia. I'm here all the time. Uh, today we have Teresa uh, coming at Hello. us from California for now. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, for now. Yeah. <laughs> for, now. for now, until we're recording in person, hopefully in the future. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, what are you drinking, Teresa? Me? I don't know why I'm I'm yelling. Um. (laughs) You're fine. I like the enthusiasm. It's Saturday night. We should celebrate. It is Saturday Saturday night. Is Um, it cool how I spend my Saturday nights, or is this lame how I spend my Saturday nights? Well, considering I'm on here with you, I think it's fucking cool. Okay, cool. All right. (laughs) And you should trust my opinion and judgment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm drinking, um, once again, my favorite cut water. This is a strawberry margarita. It's um, um, compared to the ones I usually drink, it's a little bit lower percentage in alcohol. But that's only because mm. I was frustrated by this, but I'm over it uh, since yesterday. I went to BevMo, which is supposed to have you know, obviously a wide selection of beverages and whatnot. And they usually have a really good selection of cut waters, but this time for whatever reason, they did not. And so I was struggling to pick out of, you know, some that I was not really interested in. So anyway, Mm. I wound up with this one. It's not bad. It's just a little on the light side for me, honestly. It's still good though. It's, it's 10%, which you know, should feel like a lot. But like I said, I think for me, I'd need like an extra shot of tequila in here and then it would do it. But yeah, it's still, it's still good anyway. Very good. I, I'm a big (laughs) fan of the buzz ball because not only are they woman owned, uh, I find it fascinating that they make it out of orange wine. They make all these different drinks and it's all orange wine. Uh, Mm -hmm. They like make a mudslide and like, pina colada but it's all orange wine and it's like really shelf stable too which is really weird um mm. but it is it has the most alcohol of anything you can get at 7-eleven it's like <laughs> seven, 15 to 17 percent alcohol right very buzzy not um, bad but yeah, yeah but no i can really i went to lee's discount liquor the other day which is like a, a cultural institution here in las vegas uh, mm. least discount liquor is like the I thought it was like hot shit you know and I went and I must say I was really impressed by like the amount of stuff that they have and I was like kind of overwhelmed but I went specifically to get chartreuse um, oh, yeah. because chartreuse is my favorite color uh second only to pink um which is <laughs> my other favorite color um although I'm like right now I'm like kind of in this like blue vibe and I usually don't like blue but I don't know I'm like feeling it um you know blue is the vibe not the mood I've actually been pleasant for the most part (laughs) Um, that's good uh but uh but I went I wanted chartreuse uh so I follow this guy on TikTok as like the drink maker guide or something I don't know if you're following me on TikTok you could probably find him on TikTok like drink Mm -hmm. drink maker's guide or something like that um and he made this cocktail uh out of chartreuse 
because I asked him and it was like the first time one of uh one of uh the guys I follow on TikTok you know responded to me and I felt seen (laughs) (laughs) you know and I was like I'm gonna go make this cocktail and then I'm gonna do a duet you know of his TikTok of me doing this cocktail you know with me and like my hair was chartreuse at the time I had this whole idea and they they didn't have chartreuse there so uh yeah uh but yeah that was a long story anyways I'm (laughs) good old Charles Shaw out of a coffee mug so nice yeah it's not even two bucks anymore right it's probably what is it four bucks by now it's like 275 maybe okay it's still still not okay that's not bad I mean it's less than five dollars I could tell you that there we go that that works um, (laughs) yeah uh I I used to drink it a lot I remember one time I bought several cases of it for an event I don't know if you remember that and I had like tons of it at my house maybe yeah it was for like one of our seances that we were throwing yeah Uh, and I bought like tons of cases of it and nobody drank at the seance at all um and uh so it had all this leftover alcohol and Pat was like we wasted all this money I was like I spent a hundred bucks and it was like um several cases of it like it wasn't like that expensive but I was like he I was like you're you're acting like we're not gonna drink it and like we went Mm -hmm. through it we went we got through it so (laughs) yeah that that saved me from buying something more expensive when I really was just drinking to fall asleep so (laughs) Uh, sometimes it's just a little nightcap for you yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay well would you like me to share with you what I'm gonna be talking about tonight Yes. Yes. Please. Okay. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we have not um, done this topic before. I don't want to do doubles, but I didn't take the time to do our own research and see if we had talked about this before. But mm-hmm. have we ever talked about Edward Mordrake? Or Mo- oh, Mordrake? I know who that is, but no, we have yeah. not. We. Yes. Have not talked about him at all. And that is like, that's real. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. You know who he is. Yeah. Yes. Um, I knew you would know the name. I mean, most people that are listening to our podcast or other similar would probably know the name. Uh, And by the way, he does go uh, by either name, more Drake or more Dake. But for me, I found it harder to keep saying more Dake over and over. So yeah. I, I'm going to go with more Drake. Honestly, I think it sounds nicer anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds fancier. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> And that's what I want to go with. But um, the first time I ever heard the name Edward Moore Drake was, of course, um, as most of us maybe heard it, um, because I thought I knew a lot of lore and legends up until then, but I had never heard of Edward Edward Mordrake until the fourth season of American Horror Story Mm. um, Freak Show, when he made a guest appearance, I guess you could call it, um, Mm. in the cast for a couple of episodes. Um, So that was the very first time I heard the name. 
And to be honest, I didn't think much of it after the episode either. I was just like, okay. But um, then when I looked it up, finally, um, I was just thinking of it kind of randomly, which is why I landed on him and thinking about his uh, alleged life. Um, The legend that he has is very intriguing, but... Honestly, on American Horror Story, I felt they wrote his um, his legend even on there. Is, it was kind of weak, weakly mm. written. Um, you know, I honestly, like, felt yeah. that way about a lot of the characters for American yeah. Horror Story. Like, yeah, just in general, right? Yeah. Several times I was, like, super excited that they were going to cover something or someone would show up and I'd get really excited because I knew the story. And then it was kind of like fizzled out. Yeah. Know, yeah. Several times. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean, it happens. That yeah. happens sometimes, but um, the real legend of Edward Mordrake is definitely more compelling. And it's even led to me finding out more about rare but real medical conditions that could and do occur. And those things in and of itself, um, it's definitely, it's not something that you like to dwell on too often (laughs) because it can Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, turn into, you know, obsessing, I guess, about an oddity. But I mean, it, it, I, I thought it was very cool to find out this um, this new medical information that was actually based in reality too. So um, looking at this research for more Drake turned me on to a bunch of real conditions that, you know, I'm going to share some of this information a little bit later because I just found it fascinating. But um, so it really left me wondering two questions. Did Edward Mordrake have any basis in reality as an actual historical living person? That was number one. And number two, why does his legacy as a legend endure more than others? Um, So I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. But let's start out with who was Edward Mordrake? Well, He was said to have been a young man born in the 19th century and an heir to an English peerage, or in other words, he was um, an English nobleman or he was going to be an English nobleman when he reached a certain age. Mordrake was born with a face at the back of his head that tormented him. So the second face was said to have been female, actually, and Whoa. a terror to live with. Yeah. I had not heard that. I heard, like, about the, the head and the back of his head and that, like, he believed mm-hmm. that it would speak to him. But I didn't know. I didn't know if it was a woman. I just always assumed it was, like, a twin or something. But I guess you could have a female twin, you know. I mean, poten- potentially, um, probably in all actuality that could not have happened um you know but yeah but no that's that's what the second face was said to have been female um Mm -hmm. according to a lot of accounts 
so yeah, that, that in and of itself is very strange as well. Um, <clears throat> but some of the way that the face is described, um, she's described as having a pair of eyes and a mouth that drooled. Um, she could not see, eat, or speak, but the face could whisper, laugh, and cry. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're painting a picture in your head, yeah, it's pretty bizarre to say the least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, this these are all the qualities that the face was that said to possess. Um so a couple of quotes that I can share with you are that um the face would sneer while more Drake was happy. So I guess if Edward was generally in a good mood, the face just wasn't having it. Mm. And um, it would also quote smile while more Drake was weeping. Mm. So kind of the opposite, I guess, emotion to whatever he yeah. was feeling um, according to these accounts. Um, so you know, already you're starting, I'm starting to think, and I'm sorry, I cannot, I, I kept trying as hard as I could to not keep making the association, even because I knew it was another work of fiction, but I could not stop thinking about um, Professor Coral in Harry Potter in the first oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, book with Voldemort in the back of his head. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, definitely drew inspiration, you know. Yeah, I felt like it was. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like, oh, it's just like that time when Voldemort was in the back of yeah. Professor Quirrell's head. So, yeah, I, I couldn't stop making the association. And then I kept trying to tell myself, don't make that one. But for, I guess, a lot of reasons. But I don't know. I'm not and I'm not trying to open up any debates or anything, but. Honestly, I yeah. still love the story of Harry Potter very much, despite any things that have gone on. So mm -hmm. try to stay like more neutral about it, but just to put that out there anyway. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to do a cancel culture type thing. So um, <laughs> not, not, not interested. Um but let's get back to Edward Mordrake, who we're actually talking about. Um, so it's very interesting as the description goes further into his face, his forward facing face <laughs> was said to be very similar to that of Antaeus. And so if you've never heard of Antaeus, well, he was a very handsome Greek youth that lived during the early Roman Empire. Mm. And he was eventually deified. So he was turned into a god, had a god status by um, one of the emperors that was one of his lovers. Um, but he was deified and he was actually worshipped as a god and also as a hero. Mm. But if you really want to reduce everything down, he was kind of known as a pretty boy. Um, mm. So that is what according to these accounts, the forward-facing face of Edward Mordrake was said to look like. So very handsome, in other words. Um, but Mordrake himself 
apparently referred to his second face as his demon face. Um. And every time he went to the doctors, he urgently begged them to remove the face. Why? Well, as I said before, the face, according to him, the second face was tormenting him. Um, but like, you know, I already said that it couldn't speak according to him, but somehow it spoke to Edward at night, apparently, he said, was when it whispered things that, quote, one would only speak about in hell. Yeah. So not really sure what the face was saying to him. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find any accounts of what this demon face might have said to him. He only just kept describing that it was like the worst kind of verbal torture that he could possibly yeah. re receive. Um, and there were no doctors, unfortunately, according to him, that yeah. wanted to attempt the removal. So therefore, all of this um, anguish and suffering during many years caused him to want to commit suicide. So according to accounts, that's what he did at the age of 22. Um, he just could not live with the demon face and everything yeah. that was happening to him at that point. Um, really so yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. Um, but did it really happen? I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm looking at photos of, of Edward Mordrake right now. Or mm -hmm. quote unquote yeah. who, who he was. The, I know they only have like the the waxed figure rendition of exactly. him. Exactly. I was gonna All right. They have so, that one and they actually have it one oh go ahead. I'm jumping oh, yeah, ahead. I'm ruining <laughs> your story. Go ahead. You're fine. No, you're fine. I will get to that. But yes. Okay. okay. Um, was, <laughs> was he a real person? Well, the 1896 Medical Encyclopedia, Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine, seemed to think so. Because there were two doctors, one named Dr. George M. Gould and another Dr. David L. Pyle. They co-wrote this encyclopedia together in 1896 here in the United States. And um, they included this account of Edward Mordrake. So, I was, as I was saying, was Edward Mordrake a real person? Well... This is what the 1896 Medical Encyclopedia, Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine had to say. Um, it's a little snippet and um, an account of Edward Moore Drake's story. Mm -hmm. So here we go. One of the weirdest, as well as the most melancholy stories of human deformity is that of Edward Moore Drake said to have been heir to one of the noblest peerages in England. He never claimed the title, however, and committed suicide in his 22nd year. He lived his life in complete seclusion, refusing the visits even of members of his own family. He was a young man of fine attainments, a profound scholar, and a musician of rare ability. His figure was remarkable for its grace, 
and his face, that is to say, his natural face, was that of an antinist. But upon the back of his head was another face, that of a beautiful girl, lovely as a dream, hideous as a devil. The female face was a mere mask, occupying only a small portion of the posterior part of that skull, yet exhibiting every sign of intelligence, of a malignant sort, however. It would be seen to smile and sneer while Mordrake was weeping. The eyes would follow the movements of the spectator, and the lips would gibber without ceasing. No voice was audible, but Mordrake aversed that he was kept from his rest at night by the hateful whispers of his devil twin, as he called it, which never sleeps, but talks to me forever of such things as only they speak of in hell. No imagination can conceive of the dreadful temptations it sets before me. For some unforgiven wickedness of my forefathers, I am knit to this fiend, for a fiend it surely is. I beg and beseech you to crush it out of human semblance, mm. even if I die for it. Such were the words of the hapless Mordrake to Manvers and Treadwell, his physicians. In spite of careful wa watching, he managed to procure poison, whereof he died, leaving a letter requesting that the demon face might be destroyed before his burial, lest it continues its dreadful whisperings in my grave. At his own request, he was interred in a waste place without stone or legend to mark his grave. Wow. So, yeah, that was just part of the article. Um, or, I'm sorry, I should say, yeah, no, it was an article. That was part of the article that was in that encyclopedia. Mm. Um so you would seem to think that, well, it might have some place in mm -hmm. actual um, medicine and science, but uh, that might not really be the case, unfortunately, um, because I'm about to get into it here. Um, they only described his basic condition, which would what it would look like essentially they they never provided any medical diagnosis for what the deformity was and the article was also credited to a lay source so the doctors didn't even bother to really um look into this and find out if it was true or not and worst of all <clears throat> this account was copied directly from a very dubious article, which was written just a year before. So in 1895, a writer named Charles Lowton Hildreth wrote an article for the Boston Post. And um, the article was titled, this is very long, let me get through it. The article's titled, The Wonders of Modern Science. Some half-human monsters once thought to be of the devil's brood. And then kind of underneath that, it said, marvels almost beyond belief. Their existence was attended, attested by evidence satisfactory to the committees of the Royal Scientific Society. 
So that's kind of a lot. And you can actually look up the article if you're interested. Um, I was amazed to see it in print just because it, it's kind of, um, well, it's really remarkable, you know, now mm-hmm. to read something from long ago like that. But, um, you know, it just makes it more real when you can see the actual type print and yeah. and everything. Um, so if anyone out there is interested, look look up the article. Um the Wonders of Modern Science, the Boston Post, 1895. And you can look at it yourself. But um, the reason that it was going to be so problematic is because for a couple of reasons. Um, but you can see that Edward Mordrake is portrayed in the article in um, as, you know, a cartoon, as, you know, all the creatures or half creature half people I guess mm-hmm. in the article were um but under his picture it says Mordrake and his devil twin was the caption um so the big thing about the article in the Boston Post was that this guy Hildreth details different accounts of quote human freaks as he refers to these people in this article, including the fish woman of Lincoln, a Uh woman who had the (laughs) tail, a woman who had the tail of a fish. So in other words, a mermaid for all intents and purposes, honestly, Um, I guess maybe back then in 1895, they weren't talking about mermaids in that way, um, perhaps. Yeah. Um, even though I think they, I mean, wasn't the, was the Fiji mermaid around by then? I don't know. Uh, I don't that know. That may have been later. That that yeah, was later. That's Fiji mermaid. Mermaid in general. Mermaids in general. I'm definitely doing an episode on uh, yeah. in the future. Okay. I'm talking about it for several episodes now. So <laughs> okay. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she was one of the people human freaks um and (laughs) i like how he says human freaks as opposed to other freaks um then uh he also in this article included the quote norfolk spider unquote and that was a man with a body of a spider so and if you look at the illustration it's a man's head yeah basically just plopped down onto a spider's body yeah so, um, okay. <laughs> so that was another one of the creatures he wanted to include um and then simply a man who was um half human and half crab um mm. so i guess if you're looking to this was obviously inspiration for American Horror Story that season. They looked to this article. They must have. Um, yeah. Because they didn't call, um, in the 1895 article, they did not call him Lobster Boy. But in American Horror Story, they did. Well, um, actually, actually, he's based perfect. off of a man named Grady. And his story oh. super okay. fucked up. Okay, never uh, mind. <laughs> yeah. But no, I could see where you would get the link there. But he Grady might have gotten his name from from that lobster lobster boy oh, okay. crab guy. Okay. 
but yeah, that's a whole nother story to get into. <laughs> that guy was a piece of work. Um, but yeah, continue. Um, okay. So in this article, he claimed that he found these cases described in old reports of something called the Royal Scientific Society. Um, well, the problem with that is that, number one, um, there was an article um, kind of recently, actually, within the last 10 years in USA Today that fact-checked and the only known Royal Scientific Royal Scientific Society um, that existed didn't exist until 1970. Uh, and we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still talking about the early, um, not even the 1900s yet, you know, yeah. right at the turn of the century. So it did not exist until 1970. And when that society did exist, it was founded by Jordanian monarchs. So it's not even you know, something that's related um, to what um, this person, Charles Hildreth, claimed that it was um, connected to. Yeah. So that's that's problem number one. Um, There was a legitimate Royal Society of London, but there was, that was examined and there was nothing found in those records at all Mm -hmm. um, that pertained to anything that, Hildreth wrote about in the article. Um, And problem number two, Charles Lowton Hildreth is discovered to be both a poet and a science fiction writer. Mm. So he wrote (laughs) this article for the Boston Post in 1895. But um, in 2015, there's a website called um, Museum of Hoaxes. And the person that is one of its historians or its main historian, his name is Alex Bose. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize. But he reported that these stories were identical. So the story from 1895 in the Boston Post and also the article that was supposed to be, you know, respected scientifically, medically in the 1896 medical encyclopedia written by the two doctors, the doctors just basically copied and pasted the article um, from the year before in the Boston Post into their book. So I was just like, what? (laughs) Why would they do this? You know? Um, So yeah, uh, getting back for a second to Charles Lowton Hildreth, it's believed that he wrote this article simply to increase reader interest in the Boston Post. Um, and that was a thing that was happening at that time, unfortunately. Um, in the 1890s in the USA, specifically, uh, yellow journalism was a very common practice at the time. Um, so... You know, nothing was checked, nothing was sourced, everything was pretty much believed. If you put it in print, okay, it might as well be true, right? So, (laughs) um, so that was um, unfortunately something that these two doctors um, fell prey to. They were kind of 
taken in, I think, by the whole thing as well, because I, I really struggled with that. I was like, well, you know, of course, I am willing to believe things that others don't believe, obviously. Um, but uh, when it came to, you know, to doctors, because doctors are usually so skeptical and try to, you know, research everything. But I guess, you know, the only thing I come up with in 1895 is that they were just as gullible as everyone else and, you know, wanted to take in um, this story. And, you know, maybe they had a specific reason why they wanted to believe it. But um, they definitely had no regard for the source material. Because, um, you know, citing a lay person as the source, why would you as a doctor, why would you sort a lay person as a source of your um, research? But mm, I don't know. That's something that happened. Um, and similar things still happen today. So don't believe everything that you read, even in a medical encyclopedia, I guess. is Yeah, right. <laughs> perhaps the moral of the story. Um, but... Yeah, they were said to be eye doctors as well, ophthalmologists. So I don't know. Seems kind of ironic that they were kind of blind to, uh, you know, the fact that they may not have um, have checked everything. But mm. so, you know, I guess the short answer about uh, was he actually a person? Did he actually exist? The short answer is no, he was not likely to have been a real person um, as there has been no recorded evidence of his condition or that he even truly historically existed. All right. So I was about to get into um, some of the other um, rare but true medical conditions and um occurrences that I didn't know existed. Um, and Edward Mordrake is kind of, he's kind of a combination of three different birth defects. Um, the first would be uh, some kind of extreme form of um, being a parasitic twin. So mm. basically for a very basic description of that, um, he would be an unequal but conjoined twin. Um, also, there's a couple more um, disorders that could possibly be happening. Um, I'm sorry, I just I nerded out on this because I found it completely interesting. I was like, "No, wow, this that's fine." Really, yeah, it's <laughs> really crazy, um, and it got me to know some new medical terms, which I probably won't pronounce correctly some of them but I'll try um uh crania craniopagus parasiticus uh that's the big one um so that is when a parasitic twin that I just talked about very basically is an unequal conjoined twin yeah um that parasitic twin head um has joined with an undeveloped body so basically, it's like, imagine yourself, but with a head growing out of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like somewhere on your body, probably at the top of your head, which is how it's 
that's most often seen. So yeah. you would have another you would have another head that is your parasitic twin, but with no body growing out of your head. Yeah. If you can imagine that, this I mean, actually ex- exists. <laughs> so, so it is possible that yes, this condition he could have been a real person. It is possible. Yes, but... it it is possible. It's it's not very likely, just because I said unfortunately all of the research yeah. it doesn't point to any um either physical or historic evidence mm-hmm. but yes it is absolutely 100 percent possible that this could happen um yeah. in real life um so that alone was enough to just give me pause and make me be like wow <laughs> that's just... yeah i mean life is what do they say it's um stranger than fiction right so yeah um that was (laughs) some of these things I mean if you really like if you're not thinking about it every day and then you stop to think about it it's like well oh my god okay that that could happen this is a real this is not just some kind of it's not you know a story that I'm watching on tv or a movie it's it's real life it could happen yeah um so, but crane, I'm going to say it again so I can try and pronounce it. Craniopagus parasiticus is extremely rare. It only occurs in about two to three out of five million births. So, yeah, extremely rare. Um, so it's described as, you know, like I said, having a parasitic twin head with an undeveloped body attached to the head of a developed twin. And most of the babies that are born with this are born stillborn, um, or they are, um, they, they will live, but it is a very slim chance they're going to live for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, they only live for hours or you know, maybe a couple of years at most. Mm-hmm. And a couple, a couple of years is kind of like the maximum. Um, but the only available treatment still is surgery. So it is very risky because um, one child could die um, or like I said, live a very short lifespan um, from hours to years. So, um, and it's really sad and kind of horrifying too i mean in this situation the the twin that is the parasitic twin um it's thought of as the twin that is harming the other twin so in many cases that might be the twin they think of that you know has to go type of thing um yeah they don't you know the other twin is is kind of fully formed and so that twin that is the parasitic one is literally a parasite and you know kind of trying to sustain itself off of the other twin it's just oh my gosh I've never thought about this so much before in my life yeah do you you remember the episode of the x-files where they're at the like circus or like the carnival and then that guy has the twin that like can detach from him and it's like killing it people. does sound familiar yeah yeah Fun i mean fact, i can't remember uh, this guy his name's enigma is in that 
Uh, I saw him at CVS one time. Anyways. Mm. (laughs) Also, I saw Nicolas Cage at CVS one time. That's a whole (laughs) other story. Um, But no, yeah, that's really sad. That like, uh, that, I mean, just the whole situation is just sad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I would say bizarre, you know, but that doesn't feel quite right to say so. I don't know. Right. Because what, I mean, how I just, obviously neither you nor I has any experience with this type of Hmm. thing. Yeah. So yeah. When me personally, when I read about it, yeah, it freaks me out. Like not, not in the bad way per se, but just like, Oh my God, how the fuck would you deal with this? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's so um, different that it seems like it shouldn't be possible. And yet yeah. it is possible um, because anomalies do a- occur in, I mean, that's, that's what science is. That's what life is. But anyway, not to get too much into that, but um, so uh, one case of uh, like the most famous case of this type of um condition was um the two-headed boy of bengal um he's the first recorded case and one of the most famous he was born in 1783 in west bengal india and he lived for only four years Mm. uh, excuse me until he died of a cobra bite of all things in 1787 so that seems, you know, very tragic. And um, I mean, his life was already mm-hmm. had a lot of challenges. And then he dies by a cobra bite <laughs> four years after, you know, he's alive. Um, but his skull is actually in the collection of the University of Glasgow um, Hunterian. So I don't know if it's available to view or not. It didn't say that. But um, uh, if you Wikipedia him, you know, um, you can see at least an artist's rendering of what he might have looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, And once again, it's just, you know, he's got it's it's him with, you know, his twins head growing out of his skull. So um, and only the head no other body parts or anything so mm. um yeah that's but he lived for four years i mean if that and, cobra, i mean potentially he could have lived longer as well you know yeah no. exactly that's what i think if they hadn't bitten him um who knows how much longer he may have lived and you know that was in the 1700s in india so mm. um you know pretty pretty crazy um so yeah okay one more little tangent with um regard to you know this whole thing um so i said that um we just talked about craniopagus parasiticus which was one of the conditions that edward Drake may have had um and then the other one that he may have had was deprosopus and deprosopis is also known as craniofacial duplication. This one is, I don't want to say 
even more strange because they're both very strange. Um, but if you look at this one um, just by itself, it, to me, well, is it more strange than that? I can't put a quantity on it. Okay. I mean, it, they're both bizarre. So craniofacial duplication, um, extremely rare congenital disorder, whereby parts like accessories or all of the face are duplicated on the head. So you and I have one pair of eyes, one nose, one mouth, a uh, pair of ears, for instance, most of us do. Um, but in the this type of defect, you might have two pairs of eyes, two mouths, two noses. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, exactly. And they're at different places on your face. They might not be right. It might not be a nose right next to your nose. It could be a nose like up here or a nose underneath your mouth or, you know, something like that. So yeah. mm. um, it's not conjoined twinning. So it's not due to the fusion or incomplete separation of two embryos. But this happens as a result of abnormal activity by it's actually through a protein in your body mm. and you'll love what the protein was named after. The protein is called SHH. It's actually called Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. Um, mm. And <laughs> I had to read that again. I was like, Sonic the Hedgehog, what? Yeah. It said the name is inspired by the character, obviously. And, um, it's part of the idiosyncratic naming tradition in molecular biology research. So I guess some when they find out something new, I don't know, they could be calling it like the Bart Simpson next, maybe, or something. Mm. Who knows? Um, so, uh, I just found out that, okay, that's how they do molecular biology research, name it after Sonic the Hedgehog. That's a real thing. I mean, mm. it's crazy. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I wonder if it's because like Sonic has like two tails or something. It might be. Um, I didn't get that far. I didn't actually look up that part, but that's not a bad guess. I I would say that that's, you know, I mean, something. I don't know. Now I have to relook <laughs> at him. <laughs> well, during um, embryonic development, Sonic the Hedgehog plays an important role in signaling craniofacial patterning. So, you know, while the embryo is maturing and getting all these, you know, codes to do this or do that, um, the Sonic the Hedgehog is, you know, giving responses to some of these things and it's responsible for some of the features being spread out wider or duplicated like i said mm. um in some instances when they they fed chickens protein um with the um like pellets of the sonic the hedgehog uh and the chickens were born with duplicate beef Mm. Um, so it's just, it's very bizarre. It, it also signals, um, this Sonic the Hedgehog also signals healthy brain development. So, um, 
you know, if there's problems with that, that's also could be due to this mm-hmm. um, gene, I guess we should call it. Um, but it's said that humans with um, deep prosopis are usually stillborn or they live a very short life. So um, like I was saying with the, um, the other condition, they, they live very short lives. Um, and there was a little girl um, named Lolly Singh, and she was born March 10th. She lived till May 10th, 2008. And this was, she was born near Delhi, India. She was basically a modern case of having this condition, Prosopis. She was born with two pairs of eyes, two noses, and two mouths, though she only had one pair of ears. Um, she was seen actually as the reincarnation of the goddess Durga in her culture. Uh, when she was born. So they, her parents, they didn't actually entirely view this as something that was bad, I guess, you know, um, that, mm-hmm. you know, the community kind of was like, oh, well, no, she's this reinca- reincarnation of this goddess. Um, and that was because Durga is sometimes depicted with many limbs and eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I was, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I was just kind of skimming some of it. And it said that the parents, um, it's not that they didn't want her to, you know, be able to thrive and live a full life, but um, they weren't interested in getting into a lot of the heavy medical procedures from what I could take away from it. Mm-hmm. So um, they kind of just let her be and let her live. And um, unfortunately, uh, she wasn't going to live very long. She did, you know, like I said, she only lived a couple of months and then she died from a heart attack, um, which was while she, how she wound up passing away. Um, but, you know, the community and her parents, they obviously mourned her loss, but, you know, they built like a temple in her honor and everything. I mean, they were, um, they were really kind of struck by how much this whole thing affected them. Um, so, you know, that, that was one instance where they chose to look at it in more of a kind of spiritual way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Um, And then moving even beyond humans, and this one, of course, you know, for any cat lovers out there, this definitely, um, you know, touched me. And, you know, I don't know if you'll feel the same way, but um, there are animals that have uh, craniofacial duplication happen. Um, It's still pretty rare, but cats that are born with this condition are known as Janus cats after Mm -hmm. the Roman God Janus, who had two faces. So um, I just was not even thinking about this. I mean, I know that it happens, but I was thinking, wow, cats, there's even like a whole name for it, Janus cats. Mm -hmm. And in 2006 in Millbury, Massachusetts, 
there was a six-year-old male, Janice Cat, who caught the public's eye. And the name of this cat, uh, well, it was two cats. So Frank and Louie, but it's sometimes spelled Frank and Louie, like Frankenstein. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Frank and Louie was a ragdoll cat. And he had one brain, but he had two faces, two mouths, two noses, three blue eyes. He had one functional mouth, but the other um, the other cat was born or face, cat face, I guess, was born without a bottom jaw. Um, there was only one esophagus and possibly only one trachea that were functional. So this was actually said to aid the survival of this cat. Um, There was, you know, like I said, there are three eyes. So the middle eye, um, I guess kind of like a third eye is what I imagine it to look like, was non-functional and it didn't blink. (laughs) Oh, if the other two eyes were closed on the cat, it just looked like that cat staring out at you. Frank and Louie, kind of crazy to think about. Um, But yeah, so in 2012, um, they were 12 years old. They made it to the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest surviving Janice cat on record. And in 2014, sadly, Frank and Louie died. They were 15 years old. Um, and they had an aggressive form of cancer at that point. But hmm. um, I think 15 years old to live to with it's a cat that has two faces. And yeah, oh, my God, that's such a long time. So, yeah. And it was actually a really sweet story. Like the um, the person that was the breeder of this cat, um the cat was born and then they brought it to uh, basically it was like a veterinary institute. Um, And so one of the nurses who was caring for that cat brought it home with them Mm. and like tube fed it and, you know, nursed it back to health and everything. So um, I just thought that was a really sweet story. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so like, that's so crazy. So so I yeah, just looked him up. Little... He's, he was actually pretty cute. Aww. 15 and 15 is not that bad, honestly. <laughs> no. Or a cat. No. Not at all. I mean, especially when it seems like, um, you know, with the crano- craniofacial duplication, like the this cat had, it seems that the animals are li- definitely living longer than the humans with this type of condition so that's really interesting too but anyway just a little tangent but kind of you know very interesting information um back to my last thoughts about edward mordrake um so there was a photo that went viral in 2018 and um you know it kind of brought a resurgence of proof for some people, that Edward Moore Drake did exist. But the only problem with that, like you're talking about before, um, it was not an actual human skull. Um, 
like I said, there have been no actual evidence of any kind of link, like mm -hmm. human link to Edward Mordrake. So um, in 2018, the photo that went viral, it was actually just an artist rendering um, that was made of paper mache. Um, and the artist's name was Ewart Schindler. Um, so that was one that they, I guess it went about the rounds on Facebook, I think it was. And um, people were, you know, thinking it was real, but no, it's it not actually real, just paper mache. And then the one image before that, that's been circulated around and more widely recognizable probably to anybody that you know follows this kind of thing is that um the other image was the skull made of wax so that was kind of the original one and that was found to be from um a museum in germany actually um so yeah i mean they're both uh artist renderings of edward mordrake but they're not actual they're, they're taken as evidence by a lot of maybe fans, I guess you could say, but no, mm -hmm. that's not actual evidence, unfortunately. So the only thing that I could conclude is that we want to believe that, oh, okay. My cat always chimes in at the worst times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we want to believe that Edward Mordrake existed, but like most enduring urban legends, it is likely he was just a fictional character. Or mm. was he? Or was he? I don't know. That's, I mean, there's no evidence, but yeah, it certainly, he certainly sticks out. Um, So yeah, that's why I wanted to delve into a little bit about um what this legend was and who he potentially yeah could be so yeah. i don't know i guess we'll we will never know <laughs> we won't ever know we won't ever know i mean it's probably safe to say that yes he definitely did not exist since we have no proof of it yeah but um we don't have a lot of things that we talk about so that's true i don't know that's yeah yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, that was pretty Yeah. Pretty crazy stuff there. I had known about yeah. Edward Mordrake, but I didn't know all, all of that. And definitely I don't know. I liked that they brought him on to American Horror Story, but I was definitely disappointed by their portrayal of him yeah. but that kind of happens a lot with American Horror Story uh, there's been like only a few seasons that I've even really got into and liked you know and like yeah. some seasons like I'll get like halfway into it like through half the season and then like halfway through I'm like wow we like ran out of writers or something <laughs> you know? No, I know unfortunately yeah. yeah I know I had to refresh my memory on the whole legend that they gave to him for the show yeah. which the I feel like the legend that they set up for him that that legend that story that even had way more potential than what they did what actually yeah. wound up happening yeah 
because it's like he would show up on Halloween night, right? If you, yeah, if they performed, they were like not supposed to perform on Halloween. They weren't night, supposed to he perform. Would, he would yeah. show up, but he shows up anyways. And, yes. Yeah, yeah. He wants to come after somebody to include in his traveling, you know, spiritual circus or whatever, yeah. you know. But like. I mean, I, when I refreshed my memory, I was like, oh shit, that's what happens. I was like, that was stupid. Like, cause yeah. he, wound, he, he does, he winds up killing, um, Twisty, the clown. And mm. it was like, okay. I mean, yeah, I guess, but like, I don't know, just didn't make mm. a whole lot of sense. I feel, I feel like but. they also set up Twisty, the clown, he's like the clown with like all the teeth and stuff. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like they yeah. also set him up to be a lot scarier than he yeah. actually was. Mm-hmm. When the scariest yeah. person of Freak Show was that rich boy who, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> was completely terrifying. Um, because yeah. you know, that type of person actually exists, um, a lot more than we'd like to think about, you know, 100%. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, um, no, that was the scariest yeah no like it should have I I don't know but yeah I I agree with you um yeah Edward I mean I'm glad actually that they they brought a character like Edward Mordrake back into Mm -hmm. the consciousness but yeah he definitely got robbed as a character they could have done way more with that spectral guest appearance but you know that's okay um so yeah um just I don't know and then when I like I said when I came across his name again I was like oh yeah oh wow yeah no he's he was interesting yeah so and I think too why he got maybe singled out more than anyone else in that article is maybe maybe because of the actual possible human implications you know like that that's more close to something that could actually happen um, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about either way. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think believability is sometimes pretty scary. You know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, a spider with a person head is not as frightening as a parasitic twin that is whispering to you. Right? Know? Like, it's just, oh my God. It's a lot deeper, <laughs> you know? Like, oh a lot deeper God. than that, you know? I, I know. know. That's but, crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but thank you for uh, yeah. sharing that with us. That was, that was pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, okay. I'm going to probably drink some more Charles Shaw here in a second. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, but thank you all for listening. Those who are listening, yes. please share this with your creepy friends. You know, you have them. And if you don't go make some, go make some creepy friends. Uh, but please <laughs> like share, subscribe. Uh, please let us know if you have any suggestions on stories. Uh, please follow us on the social medias. Uh, you can find me at my weird little podcast on Instagram and on TikTok, uh, Facebook, or uh, find my Facebook. You can find me. 
you guys can figure it out. <laughs> but I hope you all enjoy the rest of your night. Don't listen to the voices from the head behind your head. And stay spooky, everyone. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> all right, let me stop the re-